All right, it's the uh, Chance of Gaming podcast. It's episode 91. Um, still kind of doing this lo-fi as I transition into uh, the new studio, which I'm actually constructing. I'll have a whole – hoping to have, like, a whole YouTube thing where I can actually, like, play games and all this stuff with, you know uh, – again, I've got space, and we're I'm working on constructing it and whatever. But anyway, with me always is Roy – and then we Hello. have a few people in a trench coat to substitute um, Richard. So there you go. Hello. Who, who is, who is who's in, who is in oh. the trench coat tonight? By the way, this is Shannon in the trench coat. I'm Brian. I'm in the front half of the trench coat. It's uh, yeah. It's dark in here. I wasn't like sure. Silk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you guys decide that. Like, you know, who's going to be on top? Yeah, it's no, no, lame. I'm in front. It's oh, so you're like a pantomime horse. Yeah, so one person in the front, God, one person in the back. All right. One oh, big trench coat. Okay. We're both standing up. We got four legs for you're, one person. You're playing Muppet Man. Yeah, sure. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I got you. Okay. It's I, dark I, in I here. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, Siege of Vicksburg is in less than a month, and uh, it's looking good so far. It is. I'm very, very interested to see how Saturday will go. But, um, yeah, it's going good. We got a Patreon, which once I get moved in over here, I'll generate more content for. I just linked in the show notes. And, okay. um, yeah. What is this? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see it here before we hit TV shows. What is Malort? Oh, okay. Malort. Malort. It's the Greek of the too. Gods from Chicago. Here, I'm going to turn on my... Uh, no. Here. Uh, I have here a bottle of Malort, the finest liquor of the gods from Chicago. No. No, it's not. <laughs> it I is a... A wormwood liqueur. It is. Um, we're just going to say that it's herbal. Um, but it's uh, so. If you go to Chicago, just ask for a shot of Malort at your local bar, and it is. Um, it is ambrosial. Can it I is buy a, it? Um, you can. Yes. So this is about a seventeen dollar bottle. Uh, it's a. It's essentially it's a vodka, um, but it's flavored with wormwood. So that well, might be all you it, need to know. Okay, well, like that's the kind of thing that they mentioned in like Cthulhu and stuff like that is. Yes. Uh, you know, to it's a hallucinogen and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's uh, I I keep trying to get Brian to try some of it, and he. Uh, I tried one shot. He vainly fights me off every time. <laughs> like I took a shot. I took the shot. I was fine. Like half a second later, I was nearly curled up on the floor. It, it was is, bad. It is very bitter. Yeah. Dang. Oh, okay. Dang. Okay. Like on a scale no. of I'm chewing my coffee to I'm drinking Guinness. Um, oh. It is. Well, have you ever like drank like Angostura bitters? Nope. Or chewed, chewed up a Tylenol or an aspirin. Okay. That, okay. <laughs> that sounds right. That, there you go. All right. <laughs> That's All what right. it is. So it's medicinal. Yes, for sure. 
and that is Jepson's Malort. You can find it in any uh, fine Chicago liquor store. I got mine at Benny, Benny's Beverage Depot. Benny's Beverage Depot, okay. Yeah, I don't think go. I've ever And if you've up seen the bear, what's that? I don't think I've ever chewed up a Tylenol, but oh. okay. <laughs> and if you've That's... seen the bear, the billboard outside of the restaurant is a Malort billboard. Oh, okay. I have not watched that, but uh, it is on my list. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it makes me very enamored of working in a restaurant, but I'm sure <sighs> it would end up being horrific. Oh, yeah. Every, every single person I've ever known that has done it is like, no, it's like I would rather, you know, die or, you know, whatever. Then, yeah, everybody I knew knew that went into like restaurant management works like, you know, seven days a week, 365, you know, every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they don't like it, but they keep oh, doing right. it, you know, so I don't know. But yeah, you're right. The bear is probably going to lure some kids in and be like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. Let's just do that. And (laughs) yeah, it's going to be bad. I I love to cook. Like, I don't know. That's kind of my my uh, when I come home. Oh, but I think if I had to do it professionally, it would all the fun would be squeezed out of it. Well, yeah, you got to think like you cook and, you know, your family is like, oh, Roy, this is amazing. Thank you so much. But what you'd have to deal with if you were doing it out there would be like, hey, uh, some dickhead sent this back. He said it's too cold or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. it, has too much, it has too much salt in it or whatever. I, yeah, I couldn't deal with that shit. Yeah. Not at all. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, speaking of like watching things Roy what have you been watching so I finally uh, dove into Central Park so this is the same animator the same uh, what Lauren Beauchard uh, as uh, Bob's Burgers right. so it's the same animation style oh. it's much more musical um, so like in Bob's Burgers you had musical numbers every now and then and Central Park, that's really kind of the main thrust of the show. And I've only seen uh, one and a half or two episodes thus far. It has Josh Gad in it, uh, who played uh, Olaf the Snowman. And he plays <laughs> a busker that is, um, he's kind of the narrator of the show. So it's centered around Central Park and this family that manages the park. And uh, Josh Gad is this. He's a he's a fiddler and he plays for cash on the sh- on the street, um, and he's the narrator of the show. But it's it it really does feel like Bob's Burgers in New York City, as far as I know. I I haven't seen that much of it, but it's it's enjoyable. Did you have some thoughts about that, Adam? You mentioned before that you uh, yeah input. The reality is, is like I don't like it because it has a bunch of musical numbers. It's like oh. I like Bob's Burgers, but some of the musical numbers are good, but um, I I just don't like it because it's like this huge like that. That's the whole focus, like you said, and mm-hmm. I yeah I just don't like that. So that that's just me. Oh okay, all right. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's each his own. It's got a lot of the same voice actors. It's the same animation style and, you Mm -hmm. know, all that stuff. But yeah, I don't like it. Which I really enjoy the animation style. 
you know, and the family is it's a uh, uh, mixed race family. So the father is black, the mother is white. And uh, they have an older daughter who's kind of a mishmash of Tina and Louise together. And uh, then the kid um, really likes animals, so he's kind of the, the gene character. Slops uh, doesn't like snakes because they don't have arms or legs. He doesn't like snakes? Gene doesn't like snakes. Oh, Gene does not. Okay. Yeah, they I think. don't have arms and legs. Okay, so the question is, would Gene and this kid get along? I don't know. Why well, I, 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 I I would argue that Gene can get along with just about anybody. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, Central Park. And uh, Rings of Power. I am not quite current on that. I think I'm into partway into, into episode three. And it's still perfectly serviceable. <laughs> I think I think that is a fair assessment. We are caught up and OK. Perfectly serviceable is good. Um, yeah, I keep meaning to pull down my Lord of the Ring appendices um, to see, see how it stacks up. If I have any opinions on how it is as an adaptation um, and as a show, you know, it's nice that all the money's on the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's we're damning um, it with faint praise. There, there's a lot of. Um, there are a lot of storylines going on, yeah. but I feel like we're still kind of waiting for the plot to go. Um, well, I realized after watching four, at least starts bringing a plot. Like, I'm sorry? They kind of or episode four kind of introduced better the bigger bad, and yeah. you can see where a couple of the plots are coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. Um, but it occurred to me after getting to the end of episode five that uh, we might not see the title characters by the end of episode 10. And that makes for a very weird show. Oh. So, okay, so oh, I mean, Galadriel? I, no, the rings. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, well, it might just I'm... be setting up the people who wield the rings. Well, if he's uh -huh. all. It's like, don't the don't the wizards come into the third age? Well, like I say, I keep meaning to pick up the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Right now, I'm just sort of rolling along and going, "Is that guy Gandalf? I don't know. Is that guy Sauron? I'm not certain." I watched a video on YouTube complaining if they're gonna make the guy um, the Gandalf. Then technically, this is the second age, and that doesn't confine with the lore, and it's a nightmare. <laughs> well, isn't, aren't Gandalf and Sauron and Saruman, aren't they kind of akin to angels? Kind of, yeah. The, the Valar, is that, is that what they are? Yeah, I think that's the word, but yeah, right. They're all okay. sort of in that same tier of supernatural powers. Okay. Um, yeah, um, what was something you, you mentioned something about, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not that important. All right. I mean, so, I, I think I'm two episodes behind and yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know. It still seems kind of cool to me. I, 
Although I was like, I don't really kind of understand what's going on. Oh, and no. That's okay. Neither do that's I. Okay. That's okay, you know, I'm kind of here for it. I'm like, yay, let's just, you know, do this, whatever, and yeah. Yeah, um, about the only character um, I've recognized so far as being similar to how he's presented in the movie is, um, oh, he's got some weird name. He's in, in this show, he's the uh, the young kid who screws up on the boat, for those who've gotten to that episode. Oh, okay, um, the and, son um, of the uh, the captain of Numenor. Yeah, the son of the captain, right? Okay. Um, and he is, oh, he's got a name. He's the guy who slices off the ring <laughs> in, the, in the prologue part of oh, the yes. ring movie. Oh, that is the same character. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> the name. And so he's kind of a screw up uh, in both shows. I've got the memes playing in my head. It's it doesn't have the name, but it's just throw it in the fire. No. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's not somebody's bane. It's yes, it's it's silver. That's, it's, yeah. That's yep. it. Yep. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess goes to show how much of an impression the show is making on those of us watching it. What's his name? <laughs> I don't it's, know. He's some screw up. It's it's okay. <laughs> there I don't know. It's about all the characters. It's it's adequate. Yeah, it does what it needs to do, and it does it reasonably well. So now uh, we're moving on to Dragon Show. I presume that's House of the Dragon. Well, maybe, maybe there's another Dragon Show. So I I, well, maybe, but, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, there was a show that was coming on the Netflix that my daughter is just all lathered up over. And that is the Wings of Power or Wings of Fire. Oh, uh, it's really? a series of of young adult books about dragons, and she can recite chapter and verse of all of those uh, stories. Get ready to be disappointed. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to let my own daughter know about that. Oh, all right. But I last she heard the shit was uh, being uh, pushed back or maybe not done. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm honestly, I think I'm two episodes behind on the Dragon Show, and um, yeah, I I dig it. Like I said, I didn't care for Game of Thrones, but I like this show. I like the book, and uh, yeah. Okay. So you know, I'm, I, I'm still I'm still here for it. A little bit of good. Yeah, I see a little bit of uh, memes here and there about it, um, but I I've never seen it. All right, so who's got who put Severance on here? I put Severance down there. I've I'm trying to get back into it. I watched the first episode years and years. Well, not years, but quite a while ago. Um, it, it, it is a weird, creepy vibe the whole way through. Oh my god! I, I kind it of just gets better and better and better. It's so damn good. Yeah, I, I mean, so it has I, Adam I Scott from enough. Parks and Recreation yeah. in it. Okay, so that's what sold um, me on it was him, but it also okay. has um, several like you know other people that you'd recognize and and what no. It also has like Oscar winner John Totoro, whatever, and yeah. Oh, man, yep. it's so it's so damn good. It is so so good. 
I cannot wait until the next season well, of that. Just fucking fantastic. It's got uh, Christopher Walken is in it too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. As and he's going to play the emperor in the uh, latest Dune movie. Really? Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay. I saw that on Twitter. But yeah, fantastic. I highly recommend it. And I can't wait to like pick your brain. Like once you get, you know, a few more episodes into it. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, just, okay. Okay. You know, let's talk about that for just a second. Like, okay. The concept behind severance is that through this particular surgical procedure, your personality is split into two. So you have a personality that goes to work and does all your work. And the minute you walk out of work, you click back into your other personality, which is the not work. You know, the guy that goes to sleep, that watches, you know, House of the Dragon, you know, that plays board games, all this stuff. So and and those two people know nothing about each other. Nothing about each other. So would you guys do it? How does that sound to you? Uh, I don't know. Bad deal. I could wake up the guy who wants to go uh, play games or walk around outside and discover that. uh, Oh no! Something weird happened to my other half at work, and now I've got black lung disease. Well, that oh, is, no. I just woke up in a coma episode. in the hospital. Well, yeah. it is it is interesting. They go into that. It's like when they walk out the door, they'll have like a note that talks about like, oh, why your arm is bandaged or whatever, you know. So uh, that's I mean, that's fascinating. My only thing I would love to do it because I would love to just exist and, you know, get all the benefits of going to work, which is money. Uh, for, and not having to actually go. It's like literally, it's like, okay, I would wake up in the morning at like my regular time at 6 a.m. And then at 7 a.m., you know, I arrive at work and then my, you know, it just blanks out until 4 p.m. And then I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, well, I just drive home. But, you know, I would love that. But my luck, I would, it would fuck up somehow and I would end up being the guy that just goes to work. I mean, that's the other thing. <laughs> I mean, well, can that, you, you the, imagine if that was it? Your okay. entire existence is just work? Right. See, that's where that's where my issue is. Because if I have, like, no good experiences after today, it's not going to go well. <laughs> so I, 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 if I could design a system like that, I would have the work person remember 10 minutes after their shift is over, write down anything important, and then they'd forget everything. Oh, like, fine. oh, I got one day of work. I write down important stuff, forget everything, and don't have depression the next day. Have you heard, Brian, about Jepson's Malort? <laughs> well, Adam. Yes. Okay, so you're you're saying like Roy, it's you could do time travel with it, like you go to work and drink a bunch of it, and then you wake up later and work is over. Yeah, but you may not have a job. You know, I'm just you know (laughs) wake up in an ambulance. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 another question: is does the work person get any rest, or does the not work person get all the rest? Uh, And the work person 
works eight hours and then works eight hours. Uh, that's, I mean, it's fascinating. They only or, exist at work. So, no, they don't sleep. So, they don't sleep. Yeah, wow. Sorry, sorry for keep interjecting. Is it like a uh, fight club thing where you've got the one person who is like conscious and doing the fun things and then split personality where one character thinks they're asleep, but Tyler is doing things and they just switch back and forth. Well, there's the one scene where the where Hallie goes into the uh, elevator wearing one set of clothes <laughs> and the doors open. She's wearing a different set of clothes and she's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, that that's a very interesting uh, plot point in it. Is there's one particular character whose uh, work personality rebels against it. It's like fuck this. This is not what I want, and she keeps trying to escape, you know, and and all this stuff. I mean, I feel like that would be me, like you know, because I mean, fuck, I don't want to work, you know. That I would. You know, I I can't just work. How insane would that would be? Just like you suddenly become conscious and you're at work, you do your work, and then you. I mean, okay. The other thing is, it's like the company is like really that you're quote unquote working for is really fucking weird, and you don't yeah. understand what's going on. They don't tell you. They just tell you to – it's very vague things you're doing, and so, yeah, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean I can't imagine just existing just only at work you know, every, every time. Yeah, that would be me. I would try to escape. You know who they need to get the guest on that show is Tom Cruise. Why? Cause he, because he's weird. And <laughs> would, he would just fit right in there. <laughs> Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. That's true. All right, who put living with yourself on here? Um, that was me. It is a Paul Rudd movie that follows about the same. Like, it's disguised as therapy, where they split the good and bad parts of yourself. So you come out thinking you're great, and like all this stuff, you've worked through it. But there's just a clone... With all the dirty stuff. Like, oh, I'm a happy-go-lucky person now. Where the... Did uh, I lose you? Did we lose him? He was, he was ranting oh, hello? and raving. We good? Yeah, try oh. it again. <laughs> We're back. Oh, so the good clone goes back out into life. Thinks that just, yeah, the therapy. The bad clone... Is supposed to be disposed of, but they just did it wrong one time, and they, the entire movie is just or show. Sorry, it's just dealing with that. Here I'm. So they're chasing Here someone's go. evil twin. Uh, he is chasing himself. The bad version of himself wants to be with the good. Wants to be with his wife. Who the good person of itself is with. Right. Existential comment who undergoes a new treatment to become a better person, only to find that he's been replaced by a new and improved version of himself. So he's the bad guy. And the good guy. And the good guy. All right. 
Living with Yourself on Netflix. You can watch that. Okay. I like Paul Rudd. He's cool. Yeah. Didn't he Ant-Man? Is he Ant-Man? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants his autograph. They just want the Hulk's autograph. That was just terrible. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. So uh, have you guys watched Andor? I have. No. I forgot about it. It's so it's really really good, yeah. and to me it's it's fascinating seeing people's responses to it. They're like, "Oh my God, it's it's so dark and gritty and blah 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 and this that and the other." And yeah, uh, I mean, I really yeah, it dig is. it. I love um, the fact that um, the, I mean, okay, with just the three episodes we have, the over all villain at the moment at least is basically a mall cop (laughs) so um (laughs) you know just a mall cop that took his job too um too serious you know i mean you know those guys people that you know just take the job too serious but yeah that's basically it and um yeah it's really good i like it a lot and i want to continue to do it i want to get back into star wars legion oh damn yeah, yeah, yeah. We, should, we should talk about that later about like um how i had no idea that game cancer gaming cancer had fired up locally but yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute oh okay wait so, we need to we need to, to talk about gaming cancer but you need to define a term here okay so define gaming cancer Okay, gaming cancer is a because I got a quizzical look from Brian. It is a individual, usually, but sometimes groups of individuals that because they are so difficult to um, game with, people actively avoid it. Ergo, it will it kills and or stifles. Uh, gaming growth or whatever it is so i had no otherwise known as that guy yeah yeah that, you're absolutely right it's On that guy yeah um locally um i didn't know this i didn't notice it happening i just kind of looked around one day and said hey guys why aren't we playing you know blank anymore and they were like well it's because of so and so and that like, guy yeah that guy and I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. But did he really single-handle it? Yes, he did. It, it, oh. And look, the, the main problem with that guy is he is a guy. I mean, maybe it's a girl, too, but I've never encountered one. Let's just go with guy. And mm-hmm. um, he's at the store every single fucking day. Every fucking day. So you can't go like, hey, Roy, let's you and me play Legion on Sunday at 4 p.m. because his ass is there. He's like, oh, and he'll tell you playing. everything you're doing wrong. Yeah. Well, He's I like, had you a guys guy like Legion. that in out of the box. Sorry. He, when he saw people playing Dungeons and Dragons, he would just stand up, yell to the entire room. Everyone gets full hit points or everyone gets full spell slots. Or just some random stuff like just just to derail stuff, just to break whatever click yeah. you were in. Was, like not on purpose. I think he had other stuff going for him mm-hmm. in the negative department, but like still, you're yeah. here to play your game. 
play that. <laughs> I mean, hey, look at me. With this guy, it's he's honestly not malicious because that's even worse is if he was malicious. But I think it I I don't know. I I think maybe that's even worse is he's not um self-aware enough yeah. to really understand the damage he's doing that uh people do not like you know him <laughs> you know it's like i don't know I, I don't i don't know i don't know what to do with that like how to explain that and i mean i'm i'm super duper non-confrontational and um I've tried – okay, the whole – how I found out about it, about him, was a rumor. I started getting messages about this rumor that he was he was leaving. He was going to actually you know, move away, and everybody was like, okay, all right. He's, I heard he's moving away. Are you guys ready to play Legion again? Can we have a tournament on this date? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck me, really? It's like all this stuff is happening, so I I, I kind of brought it to the 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 store's attention, and they're like, "Well, have you tried talking to him?" And da da da. I'm like, "No, I haven't. I just kind of just learned of this." And so yeah, but anyway, it's it's a problem. He's single handedly killed uh, Legion Armada. And um, seems like one more game. I don't know. It's it's like I and yeah, I don't know how to deal with that. It's so now's your of, chance to get back into Legion. Well, I Since mean, he's I really, gone? well, no, he's not gone. He won't leave. Oh. They said until like first of the year. But still, it's like we are all very interested in it. And <laughs> I, I will mm-hmm. say, um. I heard about the recent like Legion new list uh, for like Hoth and stuff, and it sounds really cool. The uh, what the battle, the battle forces. Yeah, 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 they sound super, super cool, and um, yeah, uh, I I hope to do something with that. I actually at my um, FLGS's um, sixth anniversary uh sale i Mm -hmm. i I, I actually picked up a couple of legion pieces that were on sale because i one thing i want to do is a i thought about like well what would you know what kind of rebel force would be for like say a crashed spaceship it would just be all the um naval guys Mm mm-hmm you know, it oh, so you're kind of theming your battle force. Yeah, 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 just just kind of thinking about that. Like, you know, maybe yep. have Leia and, you know, a bunch of these, um, you know. The, so all dudes. the characters from the Tantive. So you've got Leia and all of the, the, the what, the Colonial, no, the Rebel. The I guys in the cool the, helmets, yes. Yes. Uh, so I and, picked up and, some more of those and another speeder. And I thought, like, okay. well, maybe that maybe that would be cool. So worse than stormtroopers? Yes. They're, well, well, so in in Legion terms, they're very close combat sort of characters. So they're good yeah. For- they have they have a short range, and of course, yeah. rebels hit. What do they roll black dice? But, I don't. Know. Um, they roll shit for defense. That's the problem. Yes. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> they got beat down in the opening scene of A New Hope. Yeah, and or good. Please, you know, continue to watch it. I mean, for me, like, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, Rogue One is like one of the best game, you know, best movies of all time. But yeah, that's just yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, listening to the It's Always Sunny podcast, I discovered Rob McAnally has a whole other show called Welcome to Wrexham. Is anybody else watching it? I'm familiar with it because he bought a soccer club in England. Yes. Him and, um, of all people, fucking Deadpool. What's his name? Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Could not. Yeah. Of all people, you know, Rob McAnally and uh, Ryan Reynolds bought a soccer club in Wales. So, uh, yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, it's very. It's on uh, Apple Apple TV, I think, right? Yeah, uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, really digging it, and you know, I'm like, man, this soccer shit does sound kind of cool. I guess. Um, I never cared before, but now I do. So, yay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like it. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like I said, like I've said before. Ted Lasso is too wholesome for me to enjoy it. It's it's got to be way darker for me to get it because uh, I tried watching it and I'm like, this is too happy. I need things to be shitty. So you know, there you go. Oh, all right. Ah, I mean that's just me. I don't know. Teach the road. Yeah. So uh, season two of Dogs in Space is out. Anybody else watch that? You know, you recommended it, and I watched a little bit of it, but I did not continue with it. Look, I fucking love it. I do. And look, it's safe for your kids to watch. It's a kid's show. Your kids will love it. Uh, just the personalities and, and stuff like that. Uh, the premise behind it is basically, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't know who comes up with this. It's like, hey, the you know, Earth is shit, but we need to find a new place to live. Let's kind of anthropomorphize some dogs and send them out there. To find the planet for us, you know. Yeah, so I'm goofy exploring the planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like one of the main characters, one of the main characters is a corgi named Garbage, and I fucking love him. Yeah, he's fantastic. Look, although my absolute favorite is the pilot of the ship, Nomi. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of dog she is, but I can. She's a tiny murder machine. Uh, dual wielding pistols <laughs> and kicking ass, and yeah, it's just great. Fucking love that show. I was so happy yeah. to see season two come out, and it's great. And it's, and it's darker than Ted Lasso. Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. It is darker than Ted Lasso because the Earth may not... just well, by definition. Yes, the, the Earth <laughs> might not make it. It is darker, ergo better than Ted Lasso. So there you go. Speaking Channel? of better. Speaking of better than Ted Lasso, Reservation Dogs continues to be fucking fantastic. And that last episode, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not crying. You're crying. This is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are watching it, but I highly recommend it. You know, you keep mentioning it. It's on my list. It's so damn good. So damn good. Um, And, yeah, somebody's got the black hole on there. Look, that's that's me. I I love that show. I love the debates on like what's going on. I re- I read all that on Twitter. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wait, um, 
We're not but, talking about the movie, are we? We are. Yeah, 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 yeah that's the movie. Um, oh, really? I, okay. At a certain point, and of course, I, I didn't notice then, but I know now the story behind it. Uh, Disney decided to go like, you know what? Well, let's get a little bit more edgy. Let's put out some stuff that's a little bit more darker, a little bit more scary. So you've mm-hmm. got things around that time like the black hole, and these are all PG rated movies. So you right. got the you got the black hole, you got Tron, you got uh, Watcher in the Woods, you got something wicked this way comes, which is fucking phenomenal. Oh my yep, god, I remember this is that movie? It's fantastic. So, uh, Christopher Plummer was he in that? You know, I'm not I'm, sure. I, I Keep talking. Think, I'll look it up. I, I mean, I look to me, it still holds up. It's still good. It's still scary. It's based on a Ray Bradbury uh, story. Right. And yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where the black hole came from. I remember watching it as a kid and just being fucking blown away. Look, OK. One of the reasons why, as a child, it's so attractive to me is Vincent you know, the little floating robots, Vincent right. and old Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're great. They're great. And oh, Maximilian, that dude's scary as hell. Scarier the things. big red one? Yeah. Yes. Big uh-huh. red robot, just you know. Mm. Jonathan oh Price played Mr. Dark. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it's I highly recommend it. Which okay, honestly, I did one of those. 31 days of scary movies this is the first time i've ever done it and um i'll post it i guess in the next week or so probably it's it's, from my like i want to do it with my girlfriend like hey um this is full of it's about 30 40 percent movies that i love and the rest are scary movies that have been on my list just like you know, I keep looking all over the place for the thing. I want to watch the thing because I, I hear it's a great film, but, but I've never seen it before. You've never seen the thing? I've not. Okay, yeah, it's great. I mean, honestly, it holds up to this day. Um, yeah. And it's I, what I love is the practical effects in it. Like when you watch it, you know, and all the shit is going down. You should go like, holy fuck, there's, that's not CG. This is, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, fantastic. Okay. Absolutely huh. fantastic. So ah. what's the new scuttlebutt about the, about the black hole? Oh, I don't know that there's anything Just, new about it. I had it on oh, okay. uh, sort of as background noise while working this week and then wound up uh, running oh, okay. off with some extended Twitter threads about the world building that's implied in the story. Yes, I read those. I don't really want to get too deep into it, um, except that it was all built on this observation that this little tiny spaceship of exploration was armed with warheads. And the first thing the crew decided to do when they came across a mystery ship out in the middle of nowhere was to arm up and get ready to blow it up. And then when they went onto the ship, they went on armed. They, and so I was I was fascinated by this idea that out in the middle of nowhere, in a world where there's no talk about space aliens, they're at the very edge of known space, and their first reaction is to go out uh, guns blazing. See, I wonder if it's okay. a Cold War thing. Like I, I eventually wound up there. Yeah, 
just in case it's like, hey, there could be some rescues out here. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> where I wound up. <laughs> um, after Space commies. A few mm-hmm. extended threads and, and gnawing on this for a while. Space commies was exactly the phrase I used. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll have to was, check that out again. It was a it was a it was a weird rabbit hole or onion to unpeel as I started thinking about well, you know, and it's and it's all just you know silly speculation based on a couple of on screen observations, but um, mm-hmm. you know it's it is after all a Disney movie with bad science at its core. But it some was, of Ernest but, it, but it was a strike. It's one of the few DVDs that I made a point of searching out and buying in that era. Well, I saw that movie in the theater. I did too. I asked my my neighbor, who uh, the neighbor kid, to take me to go see it when I was six or seven. Did you get his out. white? Did you get in his white van? I got into his <laughs> his red Pinto. Celica. Oh, yeah. It was it was a it was a little sports car. Was there candy? Yeah. It, well, I think there was popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, wait, Iron Skies on here. I I, I threw it on because it's on my list, but I've never seen it. All right, so just close your eyes. Imagine a movie with bad tech, weird plot lines, and space Nazis. Is this uh, Angelina Jolie is in that? It might be. Okay. No, it's it's legitimate Nazis. Well, we should talk about what we're talking about. In 1945, Hitler was like, oh, we're losing Space Force time. Launch a whole civilization up to the dark side of the moon with the sole intention of coming back in 2018. And what was that movie? Iron Sky. Iron Sky. Nazis on the moon. Nazis on the moon. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, is it animated? Nope. No? Okay. <laughs> no. It's, um... Also, bad CG. I, I've swerved down that it has Angelina Jolie in it. Yeah. I, I, it's I, I, it was, 12. No. Okay. Um... Stars oh. Julia Deitz, where that is. Yeah, she's in, yeah, no, no, Roy, she's in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, all right. With Jude Law and Dantro, yeah. Okay, Space Nazis, German cast, there you go. You got got your pulp mixed up, so, sorry, it happens, buddy. (laughs) That's it, All right, so, uh, on what we're playing, Roy, you're playing Pokemon? Pokemans. Yep, I've been playing uh, playing a little bit of that with my wife. Uh, it's the card game, mind you. Um, so when uh, when we went to GenCon, my wife and daughter went and did some did some of the uh, like the blind booster games, and so they kind of got back into Pokemon a little bit. So we've been buying the newest expansion is called Lost Origins, and so we've been buying some of those boosters uh, and. Uh, Going back to a to an old favorite of Pokemon. So. You know, can I talk about the history of that? You know, uh, 
it's fascinating. I I'm old enough to remember when it actually came out. You know, over okay. here, and mm-hmm. I just remember being weirded out because. I, okay, I remember Books a Million. Do you guys have a Books a Million? I'm that familiar chain? with the chain. Okay. I remember like walking in it and on certain Saturdays or whatever, they would have um, uh, Pokemon. And it would mm-hmm. be like a bunch of little kids, about two thirds little kids, and a third like old dude, dudes like in their 20s or older. And I always found that just so weird, you know, because <laughs> of, know. you know, whatever. But, yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, you're, that's kind of... You're old compared to a, to an eight-year-old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I mean, that's honestly kind of the way it is now. It's like, if you go, like, you know, at your local store or whatever, there'll be, you know, young kids playing, and then there'll be, um, yeah. There'll be old dudes playing and whatnot. And look, mm-hmm. I had had some discussion recently about um, this should be a thing. There should be like Pokemoms. Hashtag <laughs> Pokemoms should be a thing. Like, you know, hot MILFs that come in that are like with their kid <laughs> to play Pokemon. Because I've seen it, at, at, you know, at my local store. Like, you know, hey, well, okay, all right. You know, whatever. Well, I'm thinking of an abbreviation. Uh, a combination of Pokemon and MILF. Po- Pokemilf? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. well, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's not Pokemilf, Pokemoms. And, the, you know, so, so should it be like, hey, kid, do you want a Charizard and a new stepdad? Just saying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's All nice you need to do is introduce some white wine to the street. night, right? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's, stepdad. Yeah. It's like, you know, got Charizard, you need a new stepdad, just saying. You know, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> just, just, stepdad. Just my thoughts, you know, at my at my local shop, you know, as we're going through. All right. So, so it's, Roy. It's a dating service. You played Pokemon. the Artemis Project, which um, I thought this was that um computer game where you're doing a ship but that's not it this is something else no i actually i played this with brian across the table here from me that's me last weekend uh or last thursday and this is a a game where you're colonizing europa uh and you're uh, it's with dice right work uh dice slash worker placement yes so you roll dice then you place the dice. So, yeah, yeah, the dice are your workers. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're also they're, workers. Yeah. Damn it, I don't remember it. Um, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it's. Didn't you guys play it? <laughs> it's a game where. Yes, we did. But so there are dice that you place to get things, including workers. Then there are also the worker minis, which do different things than the dice. Yeah. Right. Also get placed places like a worker placement game. Yeah. What's Collecting the your characters onto your board and send them out to go on expeditions. Uh, basically to build it, to gain points, essentially. Uh, okay. 
gain points by going on expeditions and completing buildings that will give you points for doing stuff. I don't know. I played I, it through once. So this is about like colonizing Europa, right? I'm gonna Did take we lose your, them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take their lack of response and say yes. Yep. In yes. yes, Adam. That's what it's about. I'm like, okay. Well, I was <laughs> I just wanted to mention Europa Report was a really cool quasi found footage movie, and I'll link it in the share notes. And yeah. Oh, I think I've seen that or heard like of it, it at least. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna mention uh, that. Yeah, just thing. But all right, what's the next thing? Can can you hear me? Oh, so uh, the D and D with Brian as the DM. Yeah, hello. You let him DM. Check, check. How did that work? He no, he is. Um, he he let me play in his game. Okay, so and he was the DM and he let you play. Okay, all right. Please. Oof. Ooh, I don't know, yes. Shannon. Sorry, our, our audio is going sideways. It here. is. And you're like uh, across from yeah. each other, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, man. This is right. good, though. Okay. Uh, yeah, so D, uh, Brian's been the DM of, of a game. We've had two or three sessions, uh, and I kind of had to derail our Monday night meeting so i think we're going to be playing this coming wednesday so it's kind of interesting with um having three new people um and uh there's there's one guy that's kind of really leaning into it as far as the role-playing part of it goes um so i don't know do you guys when you're role-playing do you kind of affect voices because i do that and i always feel really self-conscious about how how it sounds because the, the character that I have is Spanish, so I keep trying to do a Spanish accent, and I I never quite make the mark, it feels like to me. I do not. Okay. You've got a more consistent voice than the other three people. Do I? Oh, well, all right. Well, because what because JT is either, like, quiet and piratey, and then just flips to loud and piratey. Well, yeah, I... One player has he tends to get really loud, which is yeah. fine. Which is his play, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of, but it is kind of interesting seeing new players kind of learning the ropes, um, and so I've been kind of enjoying that. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, role playing games as a kind of a therapy. Do you, do you guys think that D and D or role playing games in general can be uh, used as? I'm, I'm sure they can used as an outlet for uh, kind of dealing with what you got going on. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think there's a degree to which it's, um, if not inevitable, certainly, you know, greases the skids if you're. If you're in an environment where you're pretending to be somebody else, you know, the things that are bubbling along that your conscious mind is keeping at bay um, have a little crack there 
to start sneaking in because you're already got your attention divided to sort of enhance this pretend person. Well, mm -hmm. I was I was playing a Hexblade Warlock and their patrons are already weird. But like me and the DM decided that I'm cursed or whatever by a, to try to find a gun and weird goblins start talking to me. And so it eventually got to like a weird level of bipolar. And then after one session, I just kind of like took a step back. I was like, oh, this is so much of my own stuff that I'm unknowingly working with. Oh, well, but I mean, I think that's good. It's great. Being like, yeah. this is, yeah, on a in a safe space. As long as, do that. yeah, as long as it stays safe, as long as your table is um, prepared to um, allow that and not, yeah. not, and not step on you for it. Yeah. Which, you know, and I hear a lot of uh, DMs and GMs talk about in their session zero, is there any place you don't want to go? Yeah. Like, you know, what's what's your your no go as far as like, um, are we are we all right with uh, with child abuse or do spiders. we need to steer away from that? Yeah, spiders, anything <laughs> like that that's going to trigger somebody, you know, so I don't know. It's um, chicken spaghetti. I do don't want that. Well, well no, chicken spaghetti. Chicken spaghetti. No, don't want it. All right. Chicken spaghetti is scary. No. With Alfredo? <laughs> no. Or the, and a red Alfredo. sauce. Yeah, yeah. Whatever okay. it is, it's bad. Yeah. You're, you're edging into dangerous territory, Roy. No, sorry. I I will <laughs> I mean, I get that. Uh I will move my, on. My local group, we Gosh, we're we're kind of we've gotten really, really big um, when we actually think about because we've mentioned it in the past two or three times that we've met. Like, you know, if everybody that was supposed to showed up, it would be really weird. We would have like 23 people, you know, trying to do this, you know, hmm. whatever. Yeah. And we we actually got like some people some new people in that were, you know, it's a uh, husband, wife and whatever. <laughs> and my thing is always like, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to play blah, 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 come over here. And then like the next day I, I wake up and I think, Oh shit. What if they're not, you know, ready for our level of humor that we do. And then I kind of backpedal like, Oh, okay guys. Uh, you have to understand we're, we're not really serious. Um, and we sort of, you know, just make dumb jokes and whatever and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, and yeah, so anyway. Well, and this is the first regular game I've been playing in that has a lady in it. Um, so that's, it, it takes a little bit of, uh, adaptation, I guess. I mean, not that I'm a, not that I'm a creep or anything. Um, there's a different audience for the things that you normally wouldn't think about. If that's kind of yes, useful. well, so the it, it's a it's a published campaign. There was the thing in there. Uh, you find a book full of illustrated erotic poetry. Yeah, illustrated <laughs> erotic poetry. Yep, yep. So that was um, that was I don't know. It was it was m mildly awkward, but but uh, Brian kind of leaned into it, so that was all right. Well, so she picked it up. She picked up the book she found in the room, and I told her, look at me in the eyes for this one book, 
it needs your full attention. <laughs> and then I, this, this is the Kama Sutra, a fully illustrated book. Um, it's, it's a fun time. Yeah. I think more people so than just, you suspect you know, I don't know. have in, one of in, those. True. Yeah. So, well, once again, this is, you know, RPGs therapy that like, maybe people want to talk about this sort of thing more. Huh. Well, that's another table rule. What to do if situations arrive in the fun way. Yeah. Is it a face of black? Is it like okay. PG? Is it PG 13? Yep. I don't know anyone that wanted rated R game unless they're, you know, in a polycule. Well, and, you know, one time, as I recall, it went to a weird space when I was playing in a game and it was all dudes and the DM took me in the other room and it it got weird. Yeah, that's weird. So, I don't know. I, I, um, the DM I don't took think me I in another room and it got the weird. The DM took well, me into another room. And yes, said, Roy, that's, that's bad. It's person. like, yes, if he's, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, it was not explicit, but like, you know, she has sex with you, which would just made me feel uncomfortable as a as a young twenty year old virgin. Oh, I don't know. Okay, all right. Um, so stories from my past. Uh, sure. Okay. What is Draftosaurus? <laughs> sure. uh, Draftosaurus is a it's a dinosaur drafting game. So you. You pull six little dinosaurs out of the bag of six different types. Well, that's the, there are six types in the bag, and uh, you you basically you're filling up your dinosaur zoo um, and trying to gain the most points. So it, the so you you're drafted a dinosaur out of your hand, put it on your board, pass everything left. So it's a it's a play and pass game. Or so the same handful of dice you're pass or handful of dinos you're passing around the circle, and you put them onto your board uh, where they will be most effective for you. And then so you you take two draws out of the bag, and then the game is over. It's a very short game, and it's a game that kind of falls into the um, so there's a a terminology that we have on the Chance of Gaming podcast called a cafe game, which is a small footprint game that you could play like when you're waiting for coffee or waiting for your food. Um, and so this kind of fits into that cafe game sort of uh, genre of game that you can just take and play and has a small footprint. Um, and you can play on a little cafe table. When you say pass to the left, do you just mean the person on the left plays next and each person keeps their board in front of them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You so pass you're not, the handful of You're not dinos. building a board competitively. You're just building your board as best you can right okay as you know as they come around to you as your turn comes um around. yeah so that's uh okay uh-huh and then kind of uh the goonies is um it's kind of an easier version of gloomhaven it kind of feels like so it's you basically you're playing through the goonies movie um and so the first adventure i played on I was the Goonie Master, the GM, uh, kind of setting up the board. And adventure. Uh, so, in movie terms, in terms of the movie, 
this and going to the wishing well is the first. Pirate hordes and find. Um, treasure, you fight the bats, you fight the giant rats and. Um, get to the end and, and complete the complete the story. So the Goonies is a it's kind of an. Introductory role playing game. So kind of akin to Gloomhaven, which I think most of us are familiar with. It's a much easier version of that. And so that's uh, that's out uh, from Tonko. That's a new newer game. Uh, it's the Goonies Never Say Die. And we have a, an expansion to that, which I have not opened yet. So stay tuned. <laughs> and then uh, finally, I've been playing Micro Macro, which is a kind of a if you like Where's Waldo, this is a fun game. It's a it's a large map. Uh, inside. And it depicts. Basically, well, some of the some of the uh, things depicted are through time. So you you look at the map and you can see the same character and go backwards and forwards in time and see where they came from or where they went to and you're solving a mystery. So there's 16 mysteries in the box. And it said like the, the introductory mystery is uh, what happened to this guy's hat? Because he's here, he find him uh, in the center of town next to a video board and he's not a hat. Well, where did he lose his hat? So you look around, and you look for the same character and you try to kind of solve the mystery of what happened to his hat. And so there are two different versions of this micro macro game out now. OK, is it the and man in the big yeah. yellow hat? Yeah, well, it's, it's black and white uh, characters. Um, so it's a fascinating map just to look at. And I think that we, I would like to frame this and hang it on the wall. And then so you could just, you know, sit there and look at it and and play the game as it's hanging on the wall. Um, but it's, it, yeah, if you're if you're down with Where's Waldo, it's very similar to that. And that's micro macro. That sounds fun. Yeah. That's a cool game. And that's what I've been playing. I imagine Rich has played, you know, all kinds of cool things, but, you know, we'll get there later. But I want to hear about <laughs> Brian's Werebear Wildfire Druid. No. Oh, is, is that are you? I've got issues. Over oh. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and talk about Werebear Wildfire Druid. He's having some audio issues and he's talking through my microphone. Yeah, uh, so, um, Wildfire Druid, I'm thinking of, I finished the fr my Friday, oh, yeah, I'm finishing up my Friday DMing because I just feel burned out of creating new content every two weeks. It's a lot. So you're the DM for for your Friday game too? I just, I just ended that DM. Okay. So I finished, I wrapped up as best as I could. Uh-huh. But I told the players like, hey, I'm getting burnt out. Um, which is a real issue. And if your players are nice, they'll understand and someone else will volunteer. Um, so the Werebear Wildfire Druid. The Werebear is a person with lycanthropy so they can turn into a bear. And then the Wildfire Druid allows you to summon a fire beast 
Is it so, a fire bear? It could be. Yeah, that's what okay. my plan is. All right. Does he have a little hat on? It will. <laughs> uh, the name is the name is Smokey. Okay. And the motto is only you can prevent me. And then I turn into a bear, so I'm the fire bear, and just wreck stuff. All right. So that's that's going to be your uh, game on your right. every other Fridays. Every other Friday. So you have a new DM then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. And then uh, Africana. Uh, yeah, so I played this this Thursday. When we pulled it off the box, we made several jokes about between the World Wars Africa about which European power is going to do the most damage. In Africa? In Africa. Oh, all right. Always, all the, always bet on Belgium for that, for I destroying Africa. Yeah, that's a good bet. No, oh. I think it was you, Britain, France, Italy, uh, one Germany. Okay, but it's just going around collecting travel, collecting cards, traveling to different cities, like collecting artifacts. It's kind of a low budget ticket to ride. If that draws similarities, to, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. so I think you're supposed to you pick up something from one place and deliver it to a city. Well, so you can. There's travel, so like going from one of the cities in South Africa to Sahara. So you can you don't have to like have an object in your on on your hand. And there's also things like if you're in the southern half of Africa. You can buy this artifact when you deliver it to a northern city area in Africa. You get victory points of money. So you're basically trafficking in uh, indigenous artifacts. Yeah. All right. To, it was cool. To em embolden the coffers of, of uh, European overseers. Yep. All righty then. Mm. Okay. All right, Shannon, what is 6-0? This is a little game that uh, my fourth grader brought home recently um, and you are laying down hexes it's a two-player game uh, similar to connect four and your objective is to uh, complete one of three different shapes that you can build with these hex tiles and you lay them down one at a time and there's a little bit of strategy as in connect four where you can block somebody each it's a two-player game and each player starts with 21 hexes and if all the hexes are laying down before one player wins, then you move them around. Uh, and so it's a it's a lightweight little strategy with a easy to understand goal. Um, it's it's a game as a physical object that you'd want to play on a tablecloth because the little cardboard markers want to scoot around. <laughs> Uh, and so you can lose the shape of of what you're constructing just by laying down your next piece. And it comes with these little like uh, mm -hmm. turkey baster suction cups to help you move the pieces around without interfering with the ones around them. Uh, and it was a it was a fun, lightweight little game that he came home with one day and he said, "Hey, want to learn this game?" And I said, "Yes, yes, fourth grade child, I do want to learn this game." So what's the 
what's the uh, um, where do I find that? Is well, I was trying we, to search for it. We I'm not sure. It's uh, the it's, oh. uh, we were given it at a bookstore birthday party as a goes along with what you just bought. Here's a gift. Um, so we got it at a bookstore. Here, I found it actually on, on Amazon. Sorry, okay. we can find it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I found it on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> it was a mm. wildly different thing. I, I expect I so. Bet, yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not bad. It's just like, this is not a board game. Ah. From Foxmind is the yes, publisher. that's correct. All right. Well, interesting. Somebody, yeah. All right. I will have to look into that. Somebody tell me about LARPing as a game designer. Oh, that's me. That's that's my that's my uh, aspect in the hobby. Uh, and in fact, I did that this week. Um, I uh, I found myself uh, talking with somebody in a hospital who was bored because they weren't there because they were in need of hospital care. They were there because it was more convenient for them to stay there for three days so the blood draws could happen every eight hours to do some diagnostic work than to come back every eight hours. And I thought, oh, they need a simple game to play. So I wrote a simple game. Uh, and it's a role-playing game. It's generally in the dungeons role-playing kind of game. Uh, you've got only four characteristics for your character and it's a d6 roll under sort of thing so your scores never get very high um, and it's got a little bit of magic and a little bit of combat um, and i'll be releasing it probably tomorrow to get it off my to-do list um, i have I, an advanced copy you do have an advanced copy and it's full of typos All right. okay <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I think it's I think it's an effective game. And one of the things I was trying to do with the document was to have it be an introductory kind of role playing game and something light that you could pick up and put down because you're sitting in a waiting room waiting for somebody else to come along and stick you with a needle. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe you don't know how to play a role playing game. And so I, w I wanted to just sort of very simply step somebody through some simple character creation and some simple mechanics. And then towards the end of the document, there's some guidance for the referee for the game to give them some um, options on how to handle more complicated dice rolling options. Because if you're rolling a D6, uh, every number's got a 17% chance of coming up and you don't have a lot of wiggle room for, for any kind of error. So if you want to give somebody mm -hmm. a little more wiggle room, you can change how the dice roll. Um, mm. So I'm pleased with it, and it's going to come out as part of a, a minimalist TTRPG jam on itch, and of course will be on my my itch page because that's how those things work. Did I lose everyone? All right. Did you all fall asleep? No. <laughs> No, that's well. It's the I'm having some intermittent audio issues, but oh, sorry. Like I got the I got the most of it. Okay. Is Adam there? Hello. I did make Adam go to sleep. 
did this help if I hit that? Yeah, you're welcome. Can you, you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, okay. There's a button, I guess. All right, all right, all right. Shannon, uh, make sure you uh, post your itch in the um, show notes so I can link it okay. properly. All right, cool. So we have a uh, sponsor. We have Mike over at Ultra Dementia, and it will be listed in the show notes because it's spelled weird, and you can get your stuff printed from him uh, with the discount code COG2019. So there you go. And we move right. down on to what's on your radar. And the first thing for me that I had on here was Rising Waters, a board game about the 1927 Mississippi flood, which I found fascinating because it came from the Central Michigan University. Uh, that was the project creator. So I don't know how that works, what the logistics is of a university you know, creating a board game and kickstarting it. But yeah. Huh. So I'm very, very interested in this and have like stoked the fires for this locally with a lot of board gamers that are going to buy into this whenever it comes out. But yeah, so there you go. Interesting. All right. I was not alive in 1927, but I hear it was bad. So I'll just go with that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, but things that uh, on Kickstarter that I did do, uh, Necromolds, called on. Yeah, I put this on here. We talked about this before. Yeah, 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 on on reprint. We mentioned it like, you know, 100 years ago because my friend backed it, and um, he got it, and he posted about how fun it was to play with his kids and all this stuff. So at uh, as of this podcast, uh, 10 days left to go. They wanted a measly hundred grand. They're all up to almost half a million dollars, and uh, yeah, I backed it. And, so it's yeah. miniatures with Play-Doh. Yeah, and so I'm very. You make very your miniatures out of Play-Doh. There's molds that you stick together. You mm -hmm. make a little Play-Doh miniature and move them around the board. You roll dice. You give them weapons. You know, upgrades, all this stuff, and you fight. And if they die. They're just squished and put back in the thing. So, yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Really, really interested in uh, playing this. So, yeah, there you go. The next thing we had was Mushroom Sorcerer, a one to four player area control game, which player powers, variable player powers, struggle to dominate. And as of this podcast, um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, as I say, American style war game. Mm hmm. Uh, they this just comes wanted, from uh, Hong Kong. They wanted 12 grand. As of this podcast, they have like almost 40 grand. Got a week left to go, 600 backers. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think of this one? I think if it comes with an actual bag of mushrooms, I'm in. <laughs> well, what if it's just like baby Bellas versus actual psychotropics? You know, I'm just oh, saying. Well, I'm, I guess I'm down with whatever's. So there's a lot of um, what there's a laser cut uh, wooden dice tower. Is that the one that I was seeing? Is this the right yep. thing? Yes. I saw that. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's variable player powers. 
which kind of reminds me of like root. So I wonder if they're kind of going for the root um, kind of vibe to it. The trees upgrading your powers. Okay. Um, I don't know. It looks kind of groovy. Yeah, I think so. Huh. So uh, the uh, next thing was Ahoy. Is that something you put on there, Roy? I did, yes. So I just happened to see this on uh, um, Board Gamer Arena as an ad. So it's uh, from the company that brought you Root, the Fort, brought you uh, Vast, comes another four-letter word name, game, where you play a pirate. Is each a roll, each round you roll and place dice. About? It's a hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Like <laughs> um, so it appears a pick up and deliver kind of game. Um, so one player of sharks and their toothy friends. Another player is the mollusk union, an alliance of undersea creatures and their comrades. Some players are smugglers. So it kind of it's it's the asymmetrical part of it. Uh, like in uh, Root, um, but it's uh, piratey themed, and it has that same uh, cute artwork that uh, Root has, and all those other leader games. And so I also put the next thing on here, uh, Roll Through the Ages, um, which is I'm an older game. With that, but, but I just um, did they bump it up to like the Iron Age? So they started in brass, maybe, and I don't know. Yeah. Drawing things. Okay. So, sorry, we're having weird audio issues here. Um, yeah, so I just picked this up at my FLGS uh, today, and we had been kind of wanting a version of this, but they've been sold out for so long, and it finally got reprinted. Um, so this is another one of those cafe games where it's a uh, you're rolling dice, and time you roll the dice, you collect whatever you roll, uh, and you peg it on a little wooden board. Um, and so you then you can then spend the resources off of your board and move the pegs back down to um, buy various things. Like so, for yeah, I, I want to buy agriculture. So now my when I go and get grain, my grain is a little bit better. Um, so it's a it's a roll and it's not a roll and write it's a roll and peg I guess and that's roll through the ages the iron roll age. and peg that still that's sounds like weird. the original version of that uh, roll uh, roll through the ages the bronze age I think maybe bronze maybe yeah so anyway it's, I I have that uh, and I'm looking forward to play it's playing it so it's on my radar. All right. Um, the next thing we had. Oh, yeah, I put this on here. OK, so okay. here we go. Yeah. I don't know what happened. He was, he I hear you. All right. So anyway, oh. so recently, uh, locally, there's some interested uh, parties popped up with the uh, art de guerre, which is a 15 millimeter ancients game. And um, in the discussion, 
a guy kept talking about like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. They put out four different versions in this span of time. And I said, well, that's not true. They've only put out two. And so he was like, well, how do you explain this? And sent me a thing for the FAQ for version four. So I go to look at it. And this will be linked in the show notes. Apparently, the Art de Gear, they're the first two versions of it, one and two, were only in French. So mm-hmm. I owned version three and version four, which I thought were actually version one and version two. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I was just surprised that this has had four different versions from, I think, uh, 2008 all the way up to the last one which was about 2018 or something but yeah eh, i'm just gonna mention it listed on here i'm very excited that some locals are interested in it because i love 15 millimeter ancients and you know just because the figures are cool the armies are unique and whatnot but whatever anyway so, so this is a this is a rule set you don't not actually get miniatures with this. You need to buy the miniatures separately. Yep, got to buy them, got to paint them, etc., okay. etc. Yeah, that's the way uh-huh. uh, you know historical bullshit works. But anyway, so where do you <laughs> paint? Right. Where do I what? Paint. I mail my figures to a person. They paint them and mm-hmm. they mail them back to me. That's what I do at your guy's house. That's. <laughs> Yeah, because it is uh, for me. Yeah, I have no time, no talent, and yeah, I I, look. I I don't get it. It's I. I mean, the time stops me, but the talent does not. Yeah, I mean, I get people love it, and I understand that. And yeah, it's. I mean, people just fucking love to paint and this that and the other and build the models. I'm like, fuck that. I just want to play. That's all I want to do. Yeah. And so I, hear so I have to spend extra money to do whatever. But anyway, so uh, moving on to, uh, you know, remember when TSR, you know, the copyright wasn't uh, renewed and then all kinds of crazy people got it <laughs> and uh, they started doing bullshit and were kind of really racist with it and well all right wizards of the coast yeah who owns the adding on to our item last week yeah wizards of the coast which owns dungeons and dragons um the copyright for that at least has tried they're now trying to put the kibosh on this to prevent quote-unquote racist bigoted transphobic work from being published you know under the sort of their name so tsr hobbies is trying to produce a new version of star frontiers which i mean Mm -hmm. honestly if this wasn't such a fucking shit show would be great news but we know if you listen to this podcast the past couple episodes yes it is nothing much you know, but a shit show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's transphobic, it's racist, you know, all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last time about like, you know, the Negroid races that were strong but dumb, you know, all this stuff that's just fucking terrible. But they're now finally, you know, kind of 
pushing against this to see what's going on. And I mean, look, they got a whole bunch of money. The not TSR doesn't. So I'm very curious to see how it, you know, how this shakes out. But yeah, I mean, they had to do something, had to mm-hmm. do because this is, I mean, it was going to kill their branding if all else fails, you know, but whatever. Right. Well, so, and even if, and I can't imagine that they would lose this sort of thing, but even if they go to trial and they lose, they have this to point to to say, well, we tried. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, kids, it's like we we fought the good fight and we tried, yes. but this really fucking racist company happens to have this. This is not us, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck, and it makes I me can't. sad that that Gary Gygax's son is such a shithead. Okay. Well, I, interestingly enough, um, I follow the OSR, you know, the old school Renaissance, you know, whatever, uh, yep. a little bit. And there's like one shithead son and one normal son. Is it I'm, Luke? I, look, I couldn't tell you for sure which one is good and which one is bad, quote unquote. But yeah, well, there's one that kind of leans into the oh fuck woke culture. You know, I'm going to talk about you know dark elves and blah 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 and be racist. And then there's another one that just kind of tries to be normal, neutral, but whatever. I don't know. Anyway, okay, so there is Luke Gygax, which is Gary's yes. son. Mm-hmm. And then Ernest, who's the shithead? <laughs> of course, because it's fucking <laughs> Ernest. Nobody, yeah, fuck Ernest. Fuck Ernest, yes. <laughs> I just want to say that, yeah. I mean, dadgummit, he's ruining the name of Jim Varney. Dadgummit, and I fucking love that man <laughs> growing up. He was beautiful. He was a beautiful man that was yeah. just tell me about Vern and all this other stuff. But... What was sad was he smoked like 80 cigarettes a day, and that's what killed him. So, you know, oh, anyway. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll do that. Yeah, Ernest <laughs> died of lung cancer. It's sad, but that's, that's what got You him. mean Gary? No, Ernest. Ernest. Ern- yeah, oh. Jim, I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, no. Yeah, Jim Oh, gotcha. Varney. Sorry. Jim Varney. Varney. Yeah. The character okay. Ernest. Yeah, he I died lost the thread cancer. there. Who wanted you to drink milk. When he was not going, what do you mean, Vern? He was fucking smoking cigarettes. He was like, what do you mean, Vern? <laughs> you know, just like 80 fucking cigarettes a day. Uh, sad. Anyway, so moving on. So if you need to support a Gygax, support Luke Gygax. Yes. Unless he turns out to be a jerk, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll trust him for now. Trust, but verify. Sure. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. So uh, the next one we had, I found this interesting. Uh, there was an, a quote-unquote alliance between Star Trek Online and the Star Trek Adventures role-playing games. And they – it's so damn weird to me that for a company to suddenly realize that like, hey, we've got – we're making an RPG. Really? Because we have a video game RPG, too, with it. No, you don't say. What if we did something together? Uh, You know, why is this a thing? You know, it's just like, shouldn't they always have done this to be? uh, But whatever. Anyway, for whatever reason, they did. But now there is. 
So, and I'll have this linked in the show notes. It's a whole thing where your um, tabletop RPG can, you know, be influenced by the online RPG and vice versa. And, okay, I will say, have any of you guys ever actually played uh, Star Trek Online? No. No. Me neither, but I've read a lot of stuff, and it seems really, really interesting that they are basically, you know, doing a ton, absolute ton of content, you know, based around the next Mm -hmm. generation and everything that we've enjoyed, you know, post, uh, you know, last TV series and, you know, all these different stories that just sound really, really neat, and I hate I missed it. So, yeah. Well, I see grown up Wesley in the uh, in the the teaser trailer thumbnail. Yeah, Wesley, you're the worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, look, okay, I, I I never understood like Will Wheaton becoming like a geek icon because I grew up with like fuck Wesley. I hate those episodes. Fuck that kid. You know. Ugh. <laughs> Why is he he on the bridge? He should be on the fucking bridge. You know, that was just me, but whatever. All right. Anyway, but, um, yeah, so. All right. And, oh, last but certainly not least is a Spiky Bits um, article, and I apologize for that, that talks about how much Games Workshop is marking up their product. And spoiler alert, it's a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, it really is bad. It, it, look, trying, and that's what I've, I've liked about this podcast and stuff, is trying to explain to people that are not familiar with or involved with the GW, you know, whatever, just how fucking bad it is. With the markup and all that, and I like I I know I mentioned a couple episodes ago that my FLGS uh, stopped doing a GW discount because they increased what uh, they wanted from them to just buy it, and it just sucks. It really, really does. It just seems so fucking greedy. But I mean, it's always been this way. It's been this way for 20 years that I've been, you know, buying into this, but it just is. Yeah. It's kind of gross. I'm too much of a cheap master to get involved in it. Oh, yeah. If if you're fucking cheap, yeah. Even the novels are are too expensive. Yeah. I would love to read some of the novels, but you can't find them anywhere. Just pirate them. Yeah. uh, What is it? Mobilism is the big big one. Yeah, just pirate them and just yeah, read that. But well, we we do have a bookseller in our midst. Uh, oh. I, me. So, so yeah. <laughs> uh, my job is longer? web sales at a bookstore. So I'm going to encourage you to use your library. <laughs> <gasps> library? What is that what the homeless um, people go to look up porn? What like, what is that? <laughs> Um, but you can't find any of the GW stuff at um, at the library. 
No, uh, but wait, wait, I they do interlibrary loan. Interlibrary you can loans. actually ask to, can you please get me this book, whatever it is, and yeah, it'll take yeah. a couple, a, a little bit of time. I'm fascinated by that. Interlibrary loan mm -hmm. is there for real books, and uh, many libraries have uh, very extensive ebook collaboratives as well, so you can uh, read them on your phone or your iPad or your other device. Mm -hmm. um, and audiobooks are there as well. I don't know if Warhammer does that. Um, and finally, a Libris. Uh, if you uh, don't mind buying somebody else's book, you can buy used copies on a Libris. Oh, so, uh -huh. so before you pirate a book, and if you're not in a position to pay full retail uh, to your local indie bookstore, there are other options that legitimately <laughs> um, pay the authors. Uh, and it's paying the authors uh, that's important because it's the publishers who decide whether they're going to be more books. Hmm. Uh, does remind me you mentioned you know audiobooks and whatnot and that is about where I consume 95 percent of my books nowadays um I would like to give a shout out to uh Glenn Cook and the Black Company as I am currently going through um that list of books so you know yeah I just linked uh, the show notes it's freaking awesome and uh yeah it's we we should be able to watch it on Sundays opposite of Dragon Time, you know. So <laughs> it should. Uh, I mean, I, that is, it is weird. It's like okay, in the '90s when collectible card games blew up, every fantasy and science fiction book was licensed, and there were all kinds of really weird um, card games. But, you know, nowadays with so many TV shows and movies being made, it's I'm surprised that we don't get a lot of the classics. It doesn't make any sense to me at all that there hasn't been a Dragon Riders of Pern, you know, uh, a TV show, movie, something, you know, that's really one of the big ones. But, yeah, hmm, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, I'm still something. waiting for the Hogan's Heroes TV, uh, movie. Okay, it was there was a Hogan Heroes movie. It was called Autofocus. Have you seen it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It look. I had no idea <laughs> Bob Crane was that into like you know stuff. But yeah, all those guys who came out of the yep. war came out weird, and it doesn't matter what war you you're talking about. Uh yeah, true. Oh, you can't. No. But yeah, I mean, I get it. All right. So uh, I appreciate you guys uh, joining me for, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, Rich, we'll, we'll get around to maybe seeing him again one day, I hope. And I would like to think he's not here. He's watching um, House of the Dragon. That's what I would like to believe. That's what he's doing. Because <laughs> he loves it so much. He's like, I can't do a show. I have to watch the show. But, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. And hopefully I'll listen to this uh, tomorrow. 
and you know okay. it'd be cool and you know i'll have this posted and yeah it's all that and look and what Brent i love can hear is, all those parts that he's missing because he can't yeah, yeah. And, and like look what i love is if you send an email to uh chance of gaming at gmail.com what you like what you don't like i can't tell you how much that is influential and like desired and like oh okay and yeah so anyway so there let you us go. know we're not shouting into the void i'm perfectly comfortable shouting into the void if we shout into the oh, void, right. does, does the void shout into us i think it does yeah, it's the whole thing. So, yeah. So, I mean, by the time we record again, I should have everything set in my house. And, um, yeah, because I'm doing this on a laptop and with a plastic um, table. And it, I am using my chair, but, yeah, it's a weird thing. My dogs hmm. are confused. It's the whole thing. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So glad to see you guys. Thank you for coming out. And uh, yeah, so there we go. All righty. So good, good night, night, everybody. Good night. Bye.